Support for Waveform comes from Anthropic. So looking for an AI solution for a business, it might be time to check out the Claude 3 family from Anthropic, your one-stop shop for enterprise AI. So whether you're powering a customer chat experience or doing complex R&D or need advanced analysis, Anthropic can help provide you with frontier intelligence. So if you're looking for speed, power, or anything in between, the Claude 3 family offers AI models for a variety of tasks and budgets. Join the thousands of enterprises who use Anthropic to navigate this new frontier. Visit anthropic.com slash Claude, C-L-A-U-D-E today. Jumpstart your genius with Claude 3 by Anthropic. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. What does it take to be an entrepreneur and how is it changing in our ever-evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the PropG Podcast and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the Future of Entrepreneurship, a PropG Pod special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the PropG Pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, welcome back to Waveform. We're your hosts. I'm Marquez. And I'm Andrew. And this podcast, this the whole point of the podcast, if I just rewind all the way, zoom all the <laughs> way out, is, uh, is so we can talk about the stuff that we talk about in the studio anyway. Now, that happens to be tech all the time. Because, Most of the time. Yeah, we're into tech, and that makes a lot of sense. But we're also YouTubers, and we, we talk a lot about YouTube, and, and we talk a lot with fellow creators. Uh, so Jimmy Donaldson, a.k.a. Mr. Beast, is someone you've probably already heard of if you're in the YouTube <laughs> world probably. already. But he's uh, he's someone I've I've known for a little while, and for for the maybe three people listening that don't know the Mr. Beast channel, how would you describe the Mr. Beast content? I've, I was trying to think of like one word, and at first I thought extreme. That kind of feels like extreme sports, but just like all his videos are like to the extreme. Yeah, extreme. Um, it's a. I, I wrote down variety, but also mm -hmm. he basically invented like the extreme challenges type yeah, of genre. Yeah, like, because I don't want to think, just say it's like all philanthropy stuff, because we all know him now as like giving stuff away all the time. But I think the first thing I remember him doing was like counting to 100,000 or spinning a fidget spinner for like 10 hours live on YouTube. Exactly. I think that's the, he, I think maybe the best way to do it is I'll just, I'll read some of his latest titles and what's happening. He, uh, I survived 24 hours straight in ice. 39 million views, by the way. <laughs> I Ubered people and let them keep the car. 30 million views. Uh, would you rather have a Lamborghini or this house? 45 million views. <laughs> Last to leave this $800,000 island keeps it. 58 million views. I, I feel like this is like if there was a more fun version of the Guinness Book of World Records and it was all on one channel and it was one person pretty much doing all It's of pretty it. incredible. Yeah. So obviously he's he's a major face on YouTube, but like every time I talk to Jimmy, it's always fascinating like the way his brain works and like 
processing what makes good on YouTube, what makes good video, what makes a clickable video, what makes a good strategy on YouTube. And it's kind of all he ever thinks about. And it's uh, every time we talk, it's like kind of all we could talk about all day long. I mean, and he has the credentials for it too, because it's gotta be the biggest channel on YouTube for like probably at least the past two years. I mean, yeah. when I was editing this, I realized that I'm not subscribed to him because I just thought I was subscribed to him <laughs> because he is on my front page all of the time and I still watch all of the videos anyways. That's just how gigantic he is. How dare you? <laughs> so, yeah, no, sorry, Jimmy. So we, we talked about that. We talked about a uh, YouTube strategy. We talked about building a team the way we are here at the studio. It was a fun conversation. I also asked him, sort of about how he'd apply his own philosophy to other genres like tech on YouTube. So kind of the fun thing about these conversations with creators is no matter where you're at, like if you're a creator who's just getting started making videos or if you're even thinking about starting making videos or if you already have thousands or millions of subscribers, these conversations are always pretty useful in some way and especially with someone like Mr. Beast. It was fun, figured I'd record it. It's a fun chat. So without any further ado, here's Mr. Beast. All right, Jimmy, they call you Mr. Beast, but uh, let me just give the full intro. So 51 million subscribers on the main channel, Mr. Beast. There's Mr. Beast 2, Mr. Beast Gaming, Mr. Beast Shorts, Mr. Beast Reacts, Mr. Bro, and Beast Philanthropy, co-founder of Team Trees, which has gone over 20 million trees planted around the world and once ran a marathon in the world's largest shoes. Jimmy, Mr. Beast, thanks for chatting. Thank you for having me. I love how I joined a Zoom call literally 30 seconds ago. We're jumping right into it. I love the energy. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I, all the things he listed is true. And just, uh, I don't know, I just, I love YouTube. I love making innovative content. And um, it's just kind of gotten to the point where my videos have gotten so expensive that I've had to build other channels or other companies to kind of fund my videos. And yeah, just lots of fun stuff to talk about. So I, I'm really excited to be here. Yeah, 100%. I'm definitely going to talk about a lot of that stuff. First of all, you should definitely start a podcast talking about like YouTube and like what your just what happens behind the scenes. I'm sure a lot of people would listen to that would watch that. Uh, mm -hmm. I, I know we could talk about it forever. Uh, but I guess if I just start with like your creator, you have you mentioned innovative content. What is your like next year on YouTube look like? Okay, so um, I'll give a little brief overview just in case, you know, um, a lot of your audience doesn't watch me, maybe. Um, basically, videos that we did last year were like we, we bought a, a few hundred thousand dollar firework. We, we lit off the world's most expensive firework. As he mentioned, we walked a marathon in the world's largest pairs of shoes, which is one of the most brutal things I've ever done. And I've counted to 100,000. I've done a lot of stupid things, but like my feet were out of commission for like a week after doing that because each shoe was like five and a half pounds. It was it was crazy. Um, and so just kind of like out there stuff like that. But we also do feel good stuff like going to a store and buying everything in the store and donating uh, that stuff to a food pantry or, or homeless shelters and um, just, I'm drawing a blank, but there, there is a lot of stuff like that as well. So it's, it's really all over the place. And, and one of the things I'm trying to figure out is like, how do I just, I need to like, to be able to describe what I do better. Cause it's like, right now it's just kind of like, I wake up and I'm like, you know, that seems really cool. I feel like people want to watch that. I should go do that as long as it's like, you know, good and helps people. But I feel like, um, with Elon, you know, how he's trying to make humans multiplanetary and you know what his goal is. I feel like that's really cool and I want something like that. But anyways, I uh, don't want to sidetrack too much. So for this coming up here, just just everything and anything. Like like I said at the start, we're, we're trying to go bigger and bigger 
And uh, you know, there's only so much I can make on a brand dealer. They're selling merch on my main channel. So we recently started a gaming channel, which is now up to like 200 million views a month. And that's been going really well. And uh, I have a few other channels I want to get up and running. And uh, yeah, just my goal is just to build other channels, other companies. Like we, we launched a nationwide restaurant and that's been going really well. And just have all these things uh, just funnel money into my main channel so I can afford to just burn money and, and just focus on making the best videos possible. And um, yeah, and then Beast Philanthropy is, uh, and there's so much, to, like, I, honestly, so just things. talking about it now, I'm like, man, like, no wonder I'm always stressed out and overworked. I got so much stuff going on. Um, do, but, you, do you have like a job description? When if someone asks you, like, if they somehow don't know and you have to explain what you do in like one sentence, do you have like a, a Yeah, quick I, I would say we just try to do spectacle content. I mean, if I were to break okay. it down to simplest form, that that is essentially it. Because everything I'm doing points back to the main channel. And uh, I mean, just one last thing in this brief synopsis that's all over the place. I, I have ADHD, you probably can already tell, but I, um, you know, I, I went through that phase like a lot of people who come into money early on in their life and bought nice clothes, like expensive clothes and nice car and stuff like that. But I, um, I realized like, obviously that doesn't make you happy. I feel like more and more people uh, in the masses are starting to realize that. So with philanthropy and, and stuff like that, I've just been really enjoying just helping other people and, and giving away money and, and things like that, which is stuff I'd love to uh, dive into. Because if you're listening to this and you think some materialistic objects can make you happy, it won't, you know. You heard it here first or maybe second. I, <laughs> I agree with you. <laughs> there's a lot of there's just so much stuff, man. I, I almost I don't know where to start, but you lead about, me uh, because if you leave me on yeah. my own, I'm just going to veer everywhere. You guide me. OK, OK. Here about. Let's just talk YouTube for a bit. So I know when I'm making a tech video, I'm so in the tech world of, of like how to make a good tech video. Mm -hmm. um, I make the video, the video's finished, and as I'm uploading it, I am creating the title and thumbnail. I imagine that's probably not how oh, it boy. goes at wow. Mr. Beast Productions. You're, you're <laughs> gonna is, trigger me if you keep talking like that. <laughs> <laughs> what is your, uh, I imagine, how many, is it every video that you do title and thumbnail first? Oh yeah, oh, 100%, because at the end of the day, um, you know, if someone doesn't click a video, they, they don't watch it. You know what I mean? If, if your video has 10 million views, that means 100 million people saw it and 90 million people said, yeah, it's just not interesting enough. I'm just not going to watch it. You know what I mean? Like you easily yeah. could have got more views if the, and it's not just the, the title and thumbnail, which, and I can dive deep into it, but if, if the video was just more interesting in general, uh, because a lot of CTR that people don't account for is also like, what was the viewer's experience with the last video they watched? You know what I mean? Like if I right. clicked on one of your videos, because you obviously make good content and you put effort in, I'm going to be more likely to click your next video, no matter what it is, just because I enjoyed the previous one. So that has a lot to do with it as well. But, um, yeah, I mean, <laughs> why would you? The the one thing that decides whether or not you know ten million or fifty million of those hundred million people watch your video, uh, why would you not you know plan on that beforehand and make that an integral part of the process? It's still. I mean, I I work yeah. on it. It's a it's a solid part of the process, but I feel like knowing how big of an impact it has, it probably should be an even. Uh, in your case, you part. should literally make the title and thumbnail before you even film the first shot of the video. And you should be like, all right, is this actually good? Do I like it? Because the thing is, and, and now I don't want some people to misconstrue this and think like, oh, well, you don't do what's great videos. You only do what's clickable. Um, but the thing is, if you truly are creative and, and you have a plethora of ideas, like hundreds or thousands like you brainstorm an hour a day you come up with a dozen videos a day you do that for a year you know you have unlimited ideas then 
that then you have tons of options, right? But you know, if, if you just only do videos on a whim, and I know not you because you're more tied to tech and, and that dictates what you do, but just people in general, especially people more like me, um, it, it one thing that would help is if you had more ideas. Because if you only have three and none of them really make a good thumbnail or whatever, then you're gonna be like, well, these are great content, da da da. But if you just have like hundreds of great ideas, then uh, you have more options to choose from. You can choose the ones that are great content while also interesting, if that makes sense. Right. No, it does. Uh, if we if we stick to like the the click through rate talk for a second, so we we have like we're lucky enough to have a connection with YouTube, and we get to actually talk to them about mm -hmm. what YouTube does. But I think a lot of their algorithm is still kind of a secret sauce. So we know some things are true, and we know some other things that we like kind of think are true. Do you have any unconfirmed theories about the YouTube algorithm, the way it works? Like you mentioned the performance of the previous video will like directly affect the next video just based on the channel behavior, the audience behavior on your channel. Yeah. Uh, one I have is like, I, I, this almost doesn't matter, but I feel like I've never seen a channel with multiple videos that are both on trending for more than about four hours because it seems like as mm -hmm. one rises, the other gets kicked off. Do you have mm -hmm. any other random unconfirmed theories? Yeah. Well, I mean, your your theory makes sense because, you know, there's two videos sitting up there. People would be like, YouTube's biased. You, you know how much training scrutinized. Um, for me, let's see. Because um, for the most part, just so everyone knows, on my view on the algorithm is I feel like it's actually pretty well optimized. I mean, if a video is clicked and watched, which is literally all YouTube could want, um, they typically do well. I it's very rare that I see a video that actually like is interesting and like great content that doesn't blow up. You know, like sometimes it takes a few months or, or even like a year, but eventually they do get views, right? The algorithm's really great at matching the audience with the content they want. Um, yeah. But, but no, not really. There's, there's nothing really weird like that. Like when we start a new channel, if we make a video that has good AVD and CTR, it just, you know, slowly does well over time. Just for those who don't know, that's average view duration and click-through rate. Just to yeah. just to fill everybody in, uh, do you ever have a video that like randomly gets like scooped back up by the algorithm without you changing anything about it? Yes, one hundred percent. And I'm not even gonna act like a know it all. I have no idea why it happens, but yeah, if we popped over my channel, you'll just see um, videos like uh, I had this one video six years ago. Uh, I don't I don't know. I was a teenager. I was stupid, but I just uploaded a video titled like get this video to a million views <laughs> and, and for like five mm. years it had like no views getting like a view a day and then um one uh, someone posted it to reddit which was kind of funny and uh, it got like ten thousand views from reddit whatever again nothing crazy but and then like two days later it fell back down to like you know basically no views and then out of nowhere it just spiked up and it was just like fifty thousand views a day two hundred thousand half a million so that was something I noticed not too long ago. It looks like um, the ex the external traffic to the video kind of got it like re-indexed and the algorithm was right. like, oh, this video exists. And then it started promoting it. Yeah, it's weird how that works. Like there's a couple of old my like old videos that, that actually do it repeatedly. Like one of my earliest videos, again, like you mentioned, like you're a teenager and you made a dumb video. Yeah. Like like two or three of my earliest videos ever. So it's like a it's like a squeaky twelve year old kid. <laughs> yep, that, I know what like you're talking randomly. about because I get them every time those See? pop off. They're on my homepage. I don't know. I don't know why YouTube picked those, but they they are very persistent about those couple of videos, which is funny. Well, to, uh, to help give a little context, I mean, when I see those on my homepage, I click because it's it's like, you know, a smaller, younger version of you. And it's just really intriguing. It's like, you know, how did he how did that turn into what he is now? Like, let me click. Let me watch. This is interesting. So it, it makes right. sense. Yeah. 
Uh, that's interesting. Do you ever change anything about videos like significantly long after you've published them? Like I, I never change, well, I won't say never. I think of all my 1300 videos, I've changed the title after I upload maybe four times. Mm -hmm. uh, I almost never change the thumbnail or I maybe, maybe I add some links to the description, add some tags, whatever stuff gets updated. But do you ever like make major changes to a video after it's already sort of performed in the first couple of days? Yeah, definitely. Um, to anyone watching, if you're trying to be a YouTuber, you're, you're in luck. I'm basically just telling you everything I've spent my entire life researching. So, um, I, and I do my best not to say things that I, I don't think are true, but um, obviously. So for changing thumbnails on older videos, yes. Basically, and, and you should always be improving your thumbnail game, like just always, you know, and, and it's the same with you. Like if you watch a video a year ago, you probably are like, yeah, there's so many little things I could have done better. Like this could have been better paced, the music could have been better, whatever, better quality. And for me, it's, it's the same way with thumbnails. You know, I, when I make them, I think they're amazing. I'm like, there's nothing that could be better. And then like, you know, six months later, as I knew, learn new tricks, I'm like, what? What the heck is this? Like there's shadows <laughs> on my eyes and this sucks and the background could be brighter and cooler. So it's usually stuff like that where I just like see my video and suggest and I'm just like, what the hell was I thinking? Like, let me let me just fix that up. You know what I mean? Um, go in and upload a new thumbnail, stuff like that. Yeah, exactly. Or just sometimes I'm like, I just completely hit the, uh, you know, miss the mark. Because the thing is, if you change a thumbnail on an old video, it doesn't matter if it's five years old. If the CTR goes up, like he said earlier, click through rate then YouTube will promote the video more. So 100%, I, I've done it multiple times with other people and, and I've seen it happen a bunch where like people go through and they change all their titles and thumbnails to just be more interesting, not to be misleading. And uh, their back catalog passively got way more views um, per day just because they changed it. That's a, good, that's a good little pro tip. Go back through your catalog and actually like give it some thought about how they could be better and improve those. Here's those a numbers. super pro tip. If you um, really want to optimize it. it, you should grab like three, four, whatever of the smartest people, you know, right. You know, obviously if you have 10,000 subscribers, you're not going to be able to, you know, get one of us, but just like that, you know, personally go reach out to other YouTubers around your size and then have like a weekly mastermind where that's what you do. And like the first week have all four of you like go through and just rip apart all your tiles and thumbnails. And then the next week, do it for one of them. And the next week, one of them. Because like, it is helpful to get other people's opinions on things like this that could just be, there's just so many unlimited possibilities for things you could do in titles and thumbnails. And like some people just have different experiences and they've done different things and they think about different things. So getting their perspective, you know, they could be like, oh, put a helmet on that guy. And then you'd be like, oh yeah, if he had a helmet on, it would look cooler or whatever, you know? And so it's yeah. always good to get other opinions. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll second that. We have we all have our own little communities. Even inside of tech, there's people, we all talk to each other and we sort of, we, we don't necessarily have a brainstorming thumbnail session, but maybe we'll add that to the list of, of stuff we talk about. Uh, I'm going to ask a question that I don't even know if this is a Mr. Beast question, but we'll mm -hmm. see. I kind of feel like I already know the answer, but you ever upload a video that's like within an hour, you can just tell it's tanking right away. Yeah, It's not performing the way you thought it would. What would you do about it? Or what have you done about it? Uh, well, in the past, I would, I would ruin my day. I mean, I'd be the saddest person on the planet, especially like if we spent, you know, months working on the video and tons of money. Um, but you know, as I've matured and, and, um, you know, I'm 22. And so now that I'm a little bit older, I think it's really, you just gotta look at it objectively, right? Is the title as good as it can be? Get 10 people's opinions. Is the thumbnail as good as it can be? Get 10 people's opinion. You know, YouTube does have a uh, built-in editor. So you go, is there anything I can cut out? you know, 
that will make the retention better to ask 10 people. And then after that, just move on. You know what I mean? Like there's, there's not much else you can do. Just those three things. And then uh, if there are things you messed up that you can't fix, write them down and just like put them on a wall, put them somewhere. Like, and next time you film a video, remind yourself of it and just make sure you don't do it again. And um, you know, that's really all you can do. Yeah. Do you, so the, the business section, the business behind a YouTube channel or a, a series of channels in your case is really interesting to me. Do you look at videos, let's say on the Mr. Beast channel on like a per project basis? Like I need this video that we've been working on all month to get X views or mm -hmm. it's not worth what we're putting into it? Or is it like a monthly basis or are you always subsidizing from other channels or, or is it all these things? Well, for the, the there's a lot to unpack there, but for, for the main channel, my goal is just to make the best content possible. Like I don't um, necessarily look at a video that we're about to film and, and go like, oh, like if this doesn't get blank views or, or I might jokingly, but at the end of the day, it's just like, I just want to make the best content that I think the most people want to see. And uh, I don't even care if it makes money. I don't care if it's profitable. I don't care how long it takes. I just want to make the greatest videos possible because I know like that by having that mindset, like people won't get bored of it, right? And if I'm losing money and I'm putting, you know, you know, countless hours of my own time and I have a team also pouring tons of hours into these videos and they're just so, and not just creating them, but then we're also pouring countless hours into just thinking of them. And, you know, we're pouring, probably spend more time editing our videos, you know, our team than any other YouTuber. I mean, because some of these shoots, we have like 10 cameras with 24 hours of footage across on each one that we have to shift through. And, and if we're doing all these things that just logically don't make sense, no one else will ever do that. No one else will ever oh, yeah. put themselves through the hell that is creating a Mr. Beast video. I mean, it's fun, but it's also, you know, a grind and a lot of work. Um, then like, I, there's just no doubt in my mind that, you know, well, we won't fall off, you know what I mean? Cause you yeah. know, why, why would you watch someone react to TikToks for the 10th time when you can watch us, you know, a video project we've been working on for months and poured a million dollars into. Yeah. That's, that's something I actually see as a similarity between our channels. There's not a ton of similarities, but the <laughs> one thing that we've worked on for years in the tech space, now that there's a billion tech channels is we intentionally do a lot of things that we know are hard to replicate, whether it's in cinematography or depth of research or just making a great video. Yep. But that's part of the thought process is making something that's difficult to replicate. And I feel like no matter how far back you go on your channel, like you counting to 100,000 or just any, literally any of your ideas, you, you look at that and you're like, well, no one's ever gonna do that. <laughs> yeah. No one's ever gonna get to that. How long, how long does the average Mr. Beast video take to make now? Oh, it, I mean, it depends. I mean, and it does what even quantifies time, right? Each idea takes countless hours to brainstorm. And, you know, some of the harder ones, like the world's largest firework video, we didn't just launch the world's largest firework. We also launched a $40,000 firework and three $10,000 fireworks and like hundreds of other fireworks and uh, even like a thousand small ones. And we had the world's largest, um, whatever, the little sparkler mural in it and we also had like a, a thousand drone light show it's like it's because so these videos are so much bigger than just like the main events in each video so i mean those take you know like a team of people months quite literally months i wanted to film that firework video in 2018 
And uh, the firewood company told us we had to give them a two month advance. And so, and we only had a month. And so we dropped the project and then I revisited it in 2019. I'm like, all right, all right, it's two months ahead of time. I want to make this happen. I want to, you know, light the world's largest firework. And we were working on it, working on it. And like after a month of working on it, it was just like too much. So we had to end up dropping it. And so I'm like 2020, after three years of wanting to do the world's largest firework on July 4th, I was like, screw it. Like we're going to just start working on this like four months in advance. And and um, and we just just threw the budget out the window. We were just like, I don't care. I just I'm tired of waiting. If I have to go another year, I'm just gonna jump off a bridge. Like just make it happen. And uh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's like like videos like those, an unfathomable amount of time and effort. And like that, it, even though it looks like we filmed that on one night, because there's so many fireworks, that that was three nights of 12 hours of filming to get them all launched because there were so many. So like we would start filming like Monday night, like from 6 p.m. to 6 a.m. Sleep during the day, Tuesday night from 6 p.m. to 6 a.m. And so everything. And then you go to editing. And I mean, we're working on editing videos with a team of editors for a week plus. And I mean, those are brutal. And then the thumbnail titles. So these, like especially the bigger ones, I mean, I I can't even put into words how much time they take and, and money. But there are some smaller ones, like when we do hide and seek, hypothetically, last one found wins 100 grand like those aren't as crazy you just gotta secure a location and you know set up cameras and stuff and so those types of videos you know we can pull off in like two weeks as opposed to months and so it's good to have some of those mixed in so my team isn't having to go 100 like all the time um but yeah basically a lot of time yeah yeah you just mentioned like you know 10 cameras 24 hours of footage i'm just thinking like all right that edit by itself is going to take me a couple days and like (laughs) just to watch the footage (laughs) yeah just to watch over everything and like pick the good spots uh which is why we have editors that work with our lead editors that just comb through footage like there are people whose job is to just watch absurd hours of footage of ours and just grab the good parts just so then our real editors can start like actually assembling it all right, that's a great segue into like building a team around you that can like help you do the stuff that you want to do. I'm I'm kind of in the midst of maybe the biggest an expansion of the team we've ever had, mm-hmm. which is a lot of fun, really exciting. You get a little nervous about like is it going to work, but I feel like we have such yeah. great people that it's there's no way it doesn't work. But as you build this team, cuz I feel like most people don't know how big your team is and like what all these people are doing. Uh, how do you think about that? Like, how do you build a team? How did you start building this team? What's your What's your hiring philosophy? Yeah, I copied your Google Doc yeah. strategy, but like, I'll, I'll, <laughs> I'll just go all the way to the start. So the you know I started when I was thirteen, and and from thirteen to whatever I think eighteen, nineteen, it was all just me, filmed, edited, ideas, all that stuff. You one hundred percent me, just you know. But there came a point where the videos I was doing by myself were getting so hard and so difficult that I was going from like uploading two times a week to like two times a month to once a month. And I was like, crap, man, like at this rate, I'm gonna upload once a year. And that's where, you know, 19 year old me was like, I, I just can't keep doing this. Like I, I gotta figure out something. Either videos gotta get easier, I need more help. So then, um, you know, one of my best friends from my whole life is Chris. And then uh, two other of my friends, I just called them. I was like, guys, like, I want to keep doing bigger videos, but like, I can't on my own. I'm overworked. Like, can you guys just quit your jobs and, and come help me? I swear, like, we'll, we'll figure it out. And so that's how it started. Just three of my friends, they had no idea what they were doing. I had no idea what I was doing. They they had no no knowledge of YouTube and they're just like, yeah, whatever, we'll just do it. And so we started like that. And then, uh, yeah, I was just bringing on like a person a month and scaling up. And, you know, I would be like, yeah, definitely. Like, 
you know, five, six people. That's plenty. And then, you know, as time goes on, my natural ambition kicks in. I want to do bigger videos. And I'm like, well, crap. Now the uploads are going down because the videos are getting bigger. And so we just keep bringing on people because it's just not physically possible to do what we do without a, a big team, especially at this point. And so, yeah, now we have a, a few dozen people. And um, yeah, it's it's definitely not easy. It's one thing is there's there's not many, well, at least in my case, I feel like for, for people like you who have videos that might um, people from other industries might have a little bit more experience with that it might be easier. But for, for us, like no one really has experience, like, you know, whatever, figuring yeah. out how to, I hate to keep referencing the rocket one, or I guess a better one would be how to make the world's largest shoes. Like, how do you do that? You know what I mean? Uh, I'm actually going to pull up my channel so I can stop referencing that one video over and over again. Um, but um, so, yeah, it's been a lot of homegrown training. And uh, yeah, like our newest videos, buying everything in five stores, like or putting a million Christmas lights on a house. How do you even get a million Christmas lights? Right. So it's it was a lot of people that I personally just had to just train up myself. Like I said, you, you can't just find someone that just knows how to do those things. Like it's like, hey, you just quit your job. Come here. I swear to God, I'm going to teach you everything I know. I'm going to just pour all my knowledge in you. And, and in six months, you should be semi good at buying a million Christmas lights and doing the weird things that I do. And so <laughs> it's been a lot of that. Um, because like people who come from other production companies or other parts, they just a lot of times they just don't get it. You know what I mean? They're like, why are you doing this? This doesn't make sense. It's not even profitable. I'm like, exactly. Now let's do it. You yeah. know, um, <laughs> that's not, there's no, like, uh, you can't put like something on your resume that will be like well understood that you would know how to edit a Mr. Beast video or like do the things that you guys do. It's like not, it's unprecedented basically is why what, what it comes down, comes down to. Exactly. So it's a lot of just finding people that are coachable, hardworking, and just really just want it. You know, because we also work pretty crazy hours. But um, yeah, and then, you know, the ones that really grind, I, I try to do my best just to reward them well. And and uh, yeah, it's one of the things I'm most excited about as we do grow and in and, and the future, really just rewarding the people that help me get where I am. So you said a few dozen people, which is like, oh, that's a lot of people. Yeah. <laughs> do, you, do you find, is part of your job like being a manager slash boss kind of thing? Do you find like that's taking a lot of your time it's everything there's so much and i honestly just to anyone listening like i i wouldn't advise you try to go down the path i'm going it's a lot unless you are just so head over heels on youtube that you just can't envision a world where you're not and you just don't have this never-ending desire just to make the best videos possible like it's it's a lot i mean it's so stressful to build a company and build other channels and spend all this money and, and taxes and and just you know like it's just just doing one of my videos is just a large nightmare and then trying to do them consistently but um frick my adhd kicked it what was the original question again <laughs> no that's that's basically it is like you spend a lot of time like oh yes. being the boss you yeah you told yeah. me steve jobs is one of your sort of idols I and i feel like that that comes into play here yes exactly no and and that's the thing right i i am hyper passionate about youtube and creating content and for the longest time i uh i was like yeah you know i'll just bring someone in and they'll manage my company or whatever but that that never ends up working so yeah, if, if you want to get to the skill, you have to just learn how to be a, a good CEO, learn how to inspire people, lead them, you know, um, I mean, just everything, how to d disseminate information, um, how to train people up, all that stuff that's just like, it's a whole new world to me because this is my first real business that I've ever ran uh, that, t that does. It takes up an unfathomable amount of my time. It's just learning how to be a good leader. But um, 
yeah, it, that's obviously what's well, it's more if you have hypothetically 20 people, you know, you can get more done by being able to um, just, you know, effectively communicate with them and, and give them proper vision and putting those 20 people to work than you ever could by them just running around like chickens with their head cut off and you just working hard. You know what I mean? So it's um, obviously something you got to have in your skill set. Definitely. It's something I'm, I'm trying to add to my own. So I love the I love that your master plan is so so open all right we're gonna take a quick break we'll pay some bills and we'll come right back vacations can be tricky you already know how to book flights and hotels but now the only thing you're missing is you know the actual travel experience because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home you need a tool to get the most out of your time away that's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering, so you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Support for this show comes from NetSuite. And that's exactly what NetSuite provides, support. But what they really provide is support where you need it because no one needs help where they don't need it. So NetSuite wants to provide you with products and services that are tailor-made for your business. Help where you need it. NetSuite is a top-rated cloud financial system bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, and HR into one platform and one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required, accessible from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. You improve efficiency by bringing all of your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move, so do the math, see how you'll profit with NetSuite. By popular demand, NetSuite has extended their one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks, so head to netsuite.com slash waveform. That's netsuite.com slash waveform, netsuite.com slash waveform. Support for this episode of Waveform comes from Gigabyte. There's a lot of talk out there about how AI is revolutionizing our world. Computers are writing newsletters, robotic bees are pollinating flowers, and a whole new wave of driverless taxis are popping up in cities all over the world. But how can AI power our passions and what we do for fun? That's where Gigabyte's AI gaming laptops come in. So their range of powerful and portable new laptops deliver cutting edge performance for anyone looking to explore the brave new world of AI powered gaming. So every 2024 Aorus machine comes equipped with the Gigabyte AI Nexus, which is like a central hub located with all the AI powered features you could hope for. So that includes super useful tools like AI power gear, which automatically throttles and extends your computer's battery life depending on your power source and usage. You'll also get access to AI Boost, which optimizes performance based on what you're doing in that moment, whether you're ripping through an FPS or running your own large language model. AI Boost automatically adjusts the GPU and processors to maximize responsiveness and deliver unparalleled efficiency. Lastly, AI Generator includes various generative AI apps for quick startup, 
and all 2024 Gigabyte models seamlessly integrate with tools like OpenAI and Microsoft's Copilot AI chatbot. But the Aorus 16X and the Gigabyte G6X take it to the next level with a dedicated Copilot key, allowing users to swiftly tap into productivity and generative AI capabilities. I also keep hearing AI is gonna change a lot in the gaming world. Andrew, can you think of anything about that? Not just optimization, like you said, but like more personal optimization I could see happening where like maybe you're playing a competitive game like Valorant and you want higher FPS and lower resolution, like you, you're okay versus like The Witcher where you might want 4K crispy resolution and like a lower frame rate. I think finding that between your computer specs and what you want might help out a lot. Nice. So all of the models that I've been talking about are available right now at oris.com slash laptops slash gigabyte dash AI. So that's A-O-R-U-S dot com slash laptops slash gigabyte dash AI. Gigabyte. Team up. Fight on. What does it take to be an entrepreneur and how is it changing in our ever-evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the PropG podcast and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business, and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the future of entrepreneurship of PropG Pod, special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the PropG Pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts. Let's let's talk tech. What if you were running a tech channel? What would mm-hmm. a Mr. Beast? I think you asked something like this on Twitter, but like, what would the Mr. Beast tech channel look like? Would you still, I assume, focus straight to like how to make the best, most clickable tech mm-hmm. entertainment, or would you go another route? Yes, I, and I like to say best, most interesting or innovative just because clickable gives people bad connotations. You can make something clickable and it still be good content just because something's interesting. Not, and not you, just in general to people watching doesn't mean it's bad, but there's you know a lot of people who try to cheat the system, which gives, I guess, clickbait a bad name. Um, but yeah, 100%, no matter what vertical it is, uh, always, 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 I would, um, I would spend at least an hour a day brainstorming video ideas. I don't as much anymore, just as a disclosure, uh, just cause I'm sitting on a ton of ideas, uh, and I did it for years, but to anyone else, like I would 100% every single day spend an hour brainstorming an idea, ideas, cause an idea makes a difference between a million views and 50 million views. I'd rather just film one great video than 50 subpar videos. You can quote me on that. And then, um. So I would just brainstorm great ideas. I'd try my best to be original and, and innovative because then if people only know they can only find your type of content there, then they're more likely to come to you, which obviously is harder with tech because everyone's going to be doing similar videos. But still, I don't care. I would, if, if that's the bottleneck, I'll spend five days or five hours a day brainstorming how to make the videos different and original just so they stand out. And then, um, yeah, I would just make sure I'm always working 10 times more than everyone else reinvesting every dollar I make and just going hard and, and just putting in as much effort as possible. And, and, and that, that just doesn't apply to tech, just literally anything. And if you're doing that, there's just no way people don't recognize it and don't prefer to watch you over someone else putting in a tenth the time, tenth the effort, a tenth the money, a tenth the everything, you know? Yeah, I can vouch for that. You know what's kind of funny, though, about tech on YouTube is like the half of the audience is there like a regular channel, like the Mr. Beast channel, and maybe I'm guessing your numbers, but I feel like a lot of people watch right away because they're subscribed and then the Mm -hmm. tail the long tail is probably a little bit less with search you obviously have a long tail of people watching your videos Mm -hmm. but people aren't usually searching running a mile in a marathon (laughs) or in the largest shoes or something like that uh with tech it's like 
people are like searching for things to buy it and you have to show up for those people who are looking to buy something and then deliver the best video. So yeah. it's, it's half for those people, half for the subscribers. Uh, do you, is there any sort of balancing act in your world where there's like you separate your audience into buckets? Maybe there's a hyper passionate people who watch in the first day and then there's like the people who sort of browse the homepage and find a Mr. Beast video for the first time? Yeah. No, I mean, and, and what you brought up there is pretty thought provoking. Basically, a, a lot of people do go to your videos not for a spectacle, but rather to just know if they should buy the freaking product, right? So it's not as apples to apples with mine, which is true. I do have a bad habit sometimes of speaking in absolutes because in tech, your content would definitely, it, you know, if, if you apply everything I said, it, it might be to the detriment of, of some things that your viewers like. Um, but still, um, even though people might be coming to see if they want to buy the product or searching for the product or, or whatever, like you mentioned, um, it doesn't necessarily have to be like, uh, I bought a thousand iPhones and made a collage of a tree or something like that. You could still go, um, not you, just in general, someone could still go extreme and just in that video where they like, you know, um, did funny things like, you know, sat on the iPhone for 24 hours straight or, or just random dumb little extra mile things that, that, um, you know, make it seem more like a spectacle. Um, but that is a good point. Um, you got to focus more on the product and less on the spectacle for the people who are watching to see if they should buy it. Definitely. I think there's a lot of extra mile things you can kind of toss in that like any audience would appreciate for sure. Exactly. And that's what I want to touch on. The extra mile stuff, right? I'm not telling people listening to this to go buy everything in five stores or do the dumb stuff I'm doing. I'm just telling you, put in effort, put as much effort in as you can. So I swear to God, the viewers can tell the difference and like it, it really will pay off in the long run. Facts. All right. Does anything surprise you about YouTube analytics anymore? Because I feel like once you spend, you? you know, once you spend a decade in it, uh, you know, you feel like you've seen it all. You've seen yeah. every trend. You've seen the way the algorithm sort of has eventually started sorting things into like what makes a good video to recommend. Like, does anything surprise you anymore? No, um, I'm. I, I love data and I love analytics, but to be honest, like the last year, especially, I, I rarely look at it. I mean, I just, you know, after I upload a video, I look at the retention graph. I'm like, yeah, it's, it's flat. It's good. Oh, there's a dip there. What did we do? Okay. Uh, and I text, you know, the boys. I'm like, hey, make sure we don't have a running joke a little too long or I'll text my editor. But outside of that, I mean, it's just, it's straightforward, you know, it's just make videos that people click and that they watch and and i people get pissed off when i say that they're like beast it's not that simple and i'm like i swear it is if people click your video and they watch longer than other videos you're gonna get promoted it, it really is just make videos people would want to watch man that's yeah. like the that's that was my like guiding light core philosophy from the beginning and i still like anytime i get asked like what advice would you give i'm like listen if you never make a dollar from this but you have fun Make mm -hmm. what you'd want to watch. Make it exist in the world. That's kind of the, the motto at this point. Exactly. Um, I mean, and and that's the thing. Like, I don't want to just you know give hustle porn to the people listening. Like, at the end of the day, if you're not having fun, then you're not gonna you know do it long term. And like that is the first and foremost thing because just like both of us, it took us many, many, many years of just grinding away before we made any form of money and we got any form of success. And if like we weren't genuinely enjoying it, like we would have quit long before we did. Yeah. All right, so one last question I gotta ask. Oh, only one more, I'm having fun. I am, I mean, I don't wanna take too much of your time, but you know, this is a, po a tech podcast, so I gotta ask the tech question. Okay. So it's a mandatory. Uh, 
Let me hear your favorite piece of tech from the past year and what phone's in your pocket right now. Okay. Uh, well, let's start off with the phone. I just, I have the iPhone. It's There's two cameras with the light to the right. What What is that? I don't even know. Here we go. <laughs> I think it's, it's the 10. That sounds like the 10s. Okay. So 10s. Um, yeah. I mean, it's, it's cool. Honestly, I'm just too lazy to move stuff over, but I, I definitely want to try out the newer iPhones. I actually, I've never owned an Android. I was, I was really thinking of buying one and just giving it a try. Um, Ooh, interesting. Yeah. It's just, I, should I recommend a, would you like a recommendation? Uh, uh, yes, I'm not. I, no guarantees I'll switch, but if I have a free day, I, I might take you up on it. What would you recommend I buy? Sure. I mean, okay, right now, by the time this podcast comes out, Galaxy S21 is going to come out, mm-hmm. and that's just a, it's just a huge phone with like every imaginable feature stuffed into it. So okay. that's a that's a fun one to consider. But if you're looking for just something different, I'll I'll shout out the folding phones right now. Oh, like God. Galaxy Fold. <laughs> I'll pass it's, on that. No, thank you. I know <laughs> it's like you don't want to make it the daily driver, but. I, if you just want like a random fun gadget, I I'm a big fan of those. Okay, um, that'd be fun yeah. to pull and out in front of the boys. Like everyone would <laughs> always like freak out about it. Yeah, that that's cool. And and um, I I watched your video on the Porsche. What it's Taycan, right? Or Taycan? Uh, yeah. Yeah, Taycan. Um, I don't I don't want to buy. It. I don't believe in in having or not. Don't believe, but I just don't want to have really nice cars. But I am thinking about like trying to rent it for a few days and taking it for a ride because you said um. If it wasn't for the charging stations that Tesla has, like you would prefer the Porsche over it, right? Or it'd be like basically the same? Yeah, and it's funny. I just had an interview with uh, someone who did a cross-country run in like two two days straight of driving in a Taycan across the country and mm-hmm. had like a better experience than he did in a Tesla, which was a really fascinating conversation. They're, they're building that charging network very fast. And so I don't think it's a, it's not problematic as much as it once was, but... Mm-hmm. That's an it's an awesome car. I think well, and, and so that's something that I'm looking forward to, just because I I really love Elon and and you know I just you know, I've read his biography multiple times and and he means a lot to me. So I I am curious how that shapes up against the Tesla. So I'm I'm trying to rent them both and like rotate between driving them because I just want to see how close his competition is to him. And I know in you know self driving and stuff, Tesla's obviously winning, but still, um, I that just came out of nowhere. I just saw your video and I was like, what is this? I didn't even know that was a thing. Yeah, if you could collab with Elon, or if you could collaborate with anyone that you haven't collaborated with yet, which mm-hmm. I imagine you you could probably collab with just about anyone, <laughs> who would yeah. it be? Well, I mean, it would definitely be Elon. I mean, the two people I look up to the most are Elon and Steve Jobs, and obviously Steve isn't here, but yeah, it's just, I would feel bad about wasting Elon's time, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I feel like at this point I could get his attention if I want him, but I'm just like, I'm, I'm just like, the dude's trying to save humanity. Just, I'm going to let him do his... Dude. Yo, you actually did a video with him. Tell me about that. Yeah. Now, let me interview well, you. See, okay, I think, it, I think he'd be down. Because listen, I interviewed him, uh, it was a couple years ago now, and this was at his all-time busiest, where you saw those stories about how he was like literally sleeping in the factory during mm-hmm. the Model 3 production ramp. Uh, so, but as far as wasting his time, like he's super down to just nerd out about the, the stuff in the factory and all the gadgets and the robots making the cars. And like literally off camera, before we even fired the cameras up and talked, it was like we were nerding out about the the cameras and the stabilizers and the stuff we were about to shoot with. So really, I feel like if you could come up with, I'd be so curious what like a Mr. Beast collab with Elon would look like because it could be kind of anything. But I feel like it wouldn't feel like a waste of time. It would feel like a lot of fun. Uh, and he's kind of out of that whole production ramp thing. I don't know if you heard about how great Tesla's doing right now. So mm-hmm. <laughs> I think it would be. I think it would be pretty. What? Sweet. So you're saying I should dump all my savings in Tesla stock? 
Well, <laughs> that might be a little late. <laughs> uh, kidding. But um, uh, yeah, no, I think I think a Mr. Beast Elon collab is well, so very when, much in the cards. When's this podcast going up? What date? Uh, probably a week from tomorrow. Okay, a week from tomorrow. So, because on January twenty third, we uh, we have something big coming out. I I might have told you we can't talk about it now until then. But uh, yeah, mm-hmm. so something like that. I'm, I'm I'm curious to see what he thinks of it. Um, to anyone listening, I'm sorry for blue balling you. But um, <laughs> and, you know, one last thing. Now that I got my Elon fix from you, um, you've been to Apple Park, right? Yeah, a couple times. Yeah, so well, actually, I don't know if you're allowed to talk about it or anything. I was just curious what what that yeah. building looks like because obviously, I'm just really fascinated by that. And you know, that was something Dude. Steve Jobs spent some of the last few years of his life working on. So it it seems really cool. Oh yeah, it's it is kind of uh, I think unreal is the word. Uh, it's very picturesque. Like you know, it's a you know it's a circle, right? Mm-hmm. But if you stand like right next to the side of like one of the the outside walls and look, it looks like a straight line. Like that's how big the circle is. Oh my god! So this is a a gigantic like spaceship shaped saucer of a building, glass from top to bottom. Like everyone in there is obviously super talented, but they managed to make it look even better than that in all their their videos and their events. We rave about this stuff all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, yeah, it's just very like they don't they don't let you go in and like talk to people working. But everything we see as like press going to the theater and going to the the gym and the studio and the the food court like is is incredible. Like it's a one of a kind building. It's pretty awesome. Yeah, I'm jealous. I really really want to just even. I don't even want to go inside. I just want to walk around it. I just feel like that would be a really dope experience. Yeah, I think I think that would be. Next next iPhone event, I'll tell them I need to bring an extra camcorder hey. camera person, and I'll let you come, and then you can walk around. I'm see, down. See I'm what you can literally see. down. I will fly there, be your cameraman, just so I can break away and just go, just walk around the building and and see stuff. That that'd be really cool. Um, they probably have amazing security, but we'll see I'm, I'm long, having fun. I mean, let's go. let's let's keep going though. I know you're winding down. I'm gonna I'm gonna reject it. What else do you want to talk about? All right, so we you talked about I think you tweeted this about like if you could buy stock in a YouTube channel in Ooh. some way, like if you could invent some mechanism of like investing in a channel that you know is going to blow up. Mm-hmm. One, what would you look for in a channel that is a telltale sign that they're going to blow up? Mm-hmm. And two, what's a channel you might invest in right now? Okay. All right. So, at the start, I would say a channel that is going to blow up. A good sign is that they are they are being creative and they are making good content because it's it's a lot easier and i know so many people that fit this mold to teach someone who knows how to make great content and has good pacing good storytelling good ideas good energy good just all around vibes right how to make a good title and thumbnail than it is to teach which i know tons of people like this people who make good titles and thumbnails but just don't know a, a single thing about making an entertaining video like everything's just so off like it's so much harder to teach them filmmaking than it is to teach a filmmaker how to just hire a guy to make a thumbnail for him you know what i mean um right so that would definitely be a good sign because even though like they're both polar opposite problems both people like someone great with titles and thumbnails could, would probably get the same amount of views with someone who makes great content but has you know terrible talents and thumbnails because uh, views go up exponentially and the higher the better you are at both the more views you get anyways so yeah, I would definitely pick someone who's just naturally gifted at, at filmmaking, and then someone currently small that uh, I would in, invest in. Um, uh, there's 
there's one guy that uh he drove or not drove he biked i don't even want to say because i don't want to encourage me don't do this no one no one tried to give me anything i knew he was coming or i didn't know he was coming but he he messaged me so it didn't catch me off guard but he biked across uh america and, and gave me a penny and he had really good energy um it's i think it's it's tucker i don't remember his last name um but if you just search biking across america and give me mr beast penny like i think he'll be really big Actually, the video he did with me, like, and he was averaging like 10,000 views a video, but when he gave me a penny, it got like 4 million views. So that, that did really well for him. Um, who else is there? I mean, like, there's this one channel called Tyler Oliveira. I mean, he's technically not super small. I think he, he has like 1.5 million subscribers, but I think he's going to be a really big YouTuber one day. Um, he just, he kind of gets things and he's, he, he's down to grind, but I think he's just like lost and trying to figure out what his actual like content is. Um, like I, for example, I met Dream when Dream didn't even have two million subscribers, right? And and you met um, the in-person Dream. I well, I didn't meet him in person, but yeah, I talked to him uh-huh. online. And um, I just after talking to him for like thirty minutes, literally the first thing I did when I got off the phone is I called one of my friends that I love talking about data and YouTube with, and I just said Dream's gonna blow up. I was like, this Dream guy, like it's one of the few times like, I've talked to a YouTuber and like, I just don't feel bored. Like he really gets it. He understands things. Like I, I was like, I swear to God, he's going to blow up. And uh, he's like, okay, blah, blah. I was like, and then I, I started talking to dream, you know, pretty frequently just cause I like to stay in touch with people who know what they're doing. And sure enough, he, he ended the year with like 15 million subscribers, which, uh, you know, like I said, 2 million is still a decent amount, but um, you can just tell when you talk to people by their, their passion and, and drive, like um, if they're going to do well, but. Yeah. Yeah. Cut me off whenever cuz I'll go I'll go for the next hour on about no, stuff. No, I like love this. that. Yeah. All right, here here's a here's maybe the the biggest question. I'm just going to use your time for free cuz you're going you're giving me so much good stuff. <laughs> Critique <laughs> my channel. Oh, if really? You, if you when you look at the MKBHD YouTube channel, I know I already told you my thumbnails happen in the last like half hour yeah. of the process, but what do you do you like look at it and go, "Man, Marquez just doesn't do enough this." Or MKBHD channel could really benefit from uh, a second channel or some random thing. What do you what do you okay. see when you like first glance at a channel like that? Okay, okay. So we'll just take your newest video. What happened to One Plus? I mean, what what is that black arrow pointing to? So there's a there's a one phone on one side, which is their ten year old first phone ever, and then there's all their new phones on the right side. I had no idea. So I mean, there there you yeah. go. I, I have okay. no idea what I, I, any of that is. So I mean, sure to your core audience that you know they'll understand it and they'll click. But if you're just trying to grab people who aren't into tech like me, like I literally just mm-hmm. see a white phone and an arrow to other phones that look identical to me. So I don't. It doesn't make me want to click. Um, Got it. Twenty twenty one tech. I'm ready for that one's interesting. I, I like the Cybertruck. Um, I probably would have made the Cybertruck bigger um because like i would click that just because i'm like what the fuck you know the cyber trucks coming out this year that's interesting um mm-hmm. but then everything on the left just looks the same like see that orange and purple thing on the left yeah i, I can't even tell what that is yeah it's like a it's one of those weird rollable phones and then the other thing is also it's the iphone yeah I don't know. Yeah. I mean, the, the Cybertruck's cool, but just everything on the left, it just, again, and this is the thing, right? And I nitpicked the heck out of my thumbnails too. It's like, what you have there is good. And and obviously that's why you get the views you, you get, but there's like, no matter what, there's always something that can be improved. There's always something that and um, could be better. You know what I mean? There's, there's literally no such thing as a perfect thumbnail. 
Um, so that's why, like anyone listening, like this isn't me saying like what he's doing is dumb. It's just like making a 1% change every week makes you 50% better at the end of the year, you know? That's a great way of looking at it. You know what I also have? I have uh, this giveaway video. I'm giving away 24 PS5s and mm -hmm. 24 Xbox Series X. I made what I think is an awesome thumbnail. And I have another YouTube analytics unconfirmed theory that because the video's instructing you to click a link that leaves YouTube, mm -hmm. basically you go enter on Twitter, I think YouTube low-key doesn't like that very much. And when they see a video sending a bunch of traffic away from YouTube, they probably end up suppressing it a little bit and keeping the videos that you know bounce you around within YouTube a little bit higher up. Does that hold any water? Well, so two things. Obviously, videos that have high AVD and AVP, average view duration, average view percentage, um, get promoted more. So videos where you drive people off the site, right? It's a little bit of um, causation, correlation, all these things that get blurred. Like, you know, you are just technically just killing the video's retention. So, of course, it's just naturally going to do worse because people didn't watch it as long, right? Um, mm -hmm. And then, but yes, you are 100% correct. I. I am fairly certain too, like that they have session time from the time you start you watching videos on YouTube to when you stop. That's your session, and and obviously part of what they factor in is like, you know, does this video lead to a longer session time, or does this video just killing their session time, right? Because like they're not going to funnel 10 million views to a video that you know 90% of people watch to get pushed off platform. You know what I mean? Um, right. But also Google has infinite data and knows everything and so at this point i wouldn't be surprised if they're just like oh well did they leave for five minutes and come back or did they leave and not come back till the next day and they they probably factor stuff like that in but yeah there's there's let me put it this way right because i have people ask me this all the time there is no benefit that comes to the views on your video from driving people off the platform that is a just a factual statement there's no way driving people off it helps so which means it can only hurt you know what i mean right that makes sense. I have I have all kinds of weird random theories like that, but I feel like that one is uh, pretty fundamental. Yeah, uh, it is. Yeah. All right, I need to go spend the next three hours on my next video's thumbnail, which is going to be the Galaxy S21 impressions. I'm going to go spend at least, yeah, a couple hours on the thumbnail and title and make sure it's exactly what I would click, and uh, we'll yeah. see how it does. We'll see I like it. it. Does, I'm, I'm excited. And the thing is, don't don't make too drastic of a change because clearly, I mean, how many views are you on this month? You're, uh, I mean, like you're you're killing it. Like people people love you. People love your content. There's a reason why you get views. Again, anyone listening, like don't just try to fix things overnight. Like just try to do small incremental changes and just always be improving. And um, yeah, in a year you'll be happy you do. Yeah. To get one percent better what would you say one percent better every every week. week i hate when people go if you just get one percent better every day it's not realistic but one percent every week and a year you'll be 50 percent better do it for five years and you're unstoppable printing that out man Hi. jimmy thanks for the time no problem. i gotta kick you out i'm kicking you off the waveform podcast no uh, <laughs> okay well i had fun genuinely like i i love talking about youtube and and um yeah, since this, this was all about YouTube, this is probably some of the most fun I've ever had doing a podcast. So I appreciate you having me. For sure. We'll have to do it again sometime. This is going to be a video podcast sometime this year. So we'll get you back on. Awesome. Awesome. Thank Sick. you. All right. Thanks, man. Do, do I leave? Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge... That takes a team. 
Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. All right, so that is, that's been it. That's the interview. We, we probably could have talked for a way longer about you two. He, he wanted to, it sounded like. You could hear it in his voice, but we had to cut it. Listen, I think we should talk to more creators on the podcast. I know it's, it's always a fun conversation. And the thing you notice when talking to people who aren't in tech YouTube is sometimes you feel like, oh, we're in kind of a little bubble here. Like mm-hmm. there's a whole world of other things happening on this very platform. I think on other platforms too. Yeah. We've mentioned it before, but we would love to get a full-time streamer. Yeah, here Twitch streamer we got to yeah. talk to. We got to talk to all kinds of creators in all these different genres. But that was a fun way to start. Thanks, Jimmy, for the time. We'll probably do it again sometime. And thanks for listening. Waveformers brought to you in part with Studio 71 and our intro-outro music was created by Cameron Barlow. What does it take to be an entrepreneur and how is it changing in our ever-evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Prop G Podcast and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the future of entrepreneurship of Prop G Pod, special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the Prop G pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts.